Jake. What's up, people? Yours truly. John here. Alicia. How's everybody doing? Good. Good, good, good. good. Not, bad. Not, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yes. Yes. Long may it continue. Yeah, but keep saying it so yeah. it stays. Yeah. It's I the nights that I'm enjoying the most. Yeah, like, well, the fact that you can go out at night time and just mm-hmm. tell this, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <hold on. laughs> what are you just going to be like, like continuous? No, no, no. <laughs> Do you know it's like 27 degrees at, at night? night. Yeah. <laughs> you could. I'm not saying you will, but you could. <laughs> I love it when people take shots at zero. Two, two a.m. Like Last week ended with a shot and then he started. But up exactly. I don't mind because I take shots and then people get you know sad. Yeah, <laughs> but you take it too far though. <laughs> so I leave people alone, did it? You know, mm. when you're Thanos, you just let people play. Right, oh you finished playing your violin? Huh? No, no, no. no. You, you. Anyway. Anyway, um, we've got a good episode today. But before we go into that, I just wanted to remind people uh, to. We always have good episodes. I did I s- Ross, and now you're coming for my wife too, my friend. Let's start. <laughs> let's, 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 let's have a straighten, all right? All right, let's have it. I knew you were going to say that. I, you know, yeah. I was tapping my fingers. Sorry. Down. It was too Bro, too I want to be able to go sleep tonight. You were, Wait, did you mean you let him talk to me like that? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, my friend? My did you bad, not give him a copy of Guy Code? We have, <laughs> we have another. <sighs> we have another great episode. <laughs> but I would like to remind everybody. Um, Depending on how you listen to us, please subscribe on um, iTunes yeah, and SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please like if you're liking the episode. Just hit the heart icon. Please share with friends and family. Um, yeah, just share with everybody. Yeah, and let us know what you think as well. Yes, yeah. give us feedback. Send us emails. We're at info yeah. at themakingsensepodcast.com. You can reach us on social media, Making Sense PC. That's Instagram and Twitter. And um, use the hashtag Making Sense PC or the Making Sense Podcast with any discussions. And thank you for your ongoing support. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Cool. So today we are China in Africa. Yeah. And Caribbean, right? Uh, I think today maybe we'll focus. Well, we can touch on Caribbean, okay. but maybe um, we'll focus a bit on Africa. Oh, we can yeah, let's talk about it. I don't know. Um, anyway, we're not talking about nice plates in the African household. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> I never understood the whole China plate thing. Anyway. Um, so this, uh, uh, for me, uh, I haven't been back to the Jamaica where, where I come from for some time and I've never been to Africa. So this topic is quite interesting for me from that standpoint. It's a case of, it's something I'm trying to learn more. Mm. Uh, we've said it in, uh, I think it was the last, the last episode, one previous to that, that my personal ambition is to uh, have property in both in, in Jamaica and in, in, in Ghana in particular. Um, that's where I see myself retiring across those two places and here. You know, I wouldn't completely come away from the UK. I have too many ties here. Mm. I am British. I, I, I can accept that. But, I, I, no, I, not even accept it. But you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Because even when you go back to these places, they'll remind you. So, yeah, 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 yeah. without opening your mouth, they'll remind you that you, they'll otherize you quickly. So, you, you have to remember who you are and where you come from. And mm. the fact that your journey as a black person will be different to theirs. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Uh, but yeah, my long-term ambition would be to retire to one of those two places or a combination of the two. I'll definitely have the opportunity to stay there for long periods of time mm-hmm. if I choose to. That's my idea of uh, financial freedom or one, a part mm-hmm. of it. Um, I actually listened to a, a podcast called the China in Africa, Africa podcast. Africa. Yes, yeah. 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 I listened to that for some time. Um, it was quite difficult to find, you know, I can somewhat objective kind of information on this because I find it's quite interesting because there's so many different political spins on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the West's reaction to it. Uh, because they have their own issues with China, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you'll have, um, I can't remember, what's, what's the guy's name? Oh, 
the American, uh, the one that went over recently was uh, trying to warn the African states around predatory loans and stuff like that. Not John Kerry. No, Tinderman or something. I can't, I'll get the name. I can't remember the name. Yeah, I saw, I saw the, this comment. Yeah, this was a few months ago. And basically he went over, and Angela Merkel said a similar thing, basically. Um, that, you know, trying to warn African heads of states to be uh, wary Oh, really? Of Chinese investment because they're saying they could be trapped by the level of debt. That's interesting coming from exactly. Western countries. I have some points on that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's it's very interesting. I think for for people in the diaspora, I think it's definitely interesting. If you're in the Caribbean or if you're in Western Africa or Africa in general, and you have any ambitions like which I'm hearing, especially young people saying yeah. about wanting to go back, yeah. you need to know because there may be things you can take advantage of or just be aware of what's happening in these countries if you're really serious about going back there, right? Mm, We spoke about social remittance in the Future of Ghana podcast. You're going to need to know how the country's developing if you you plan to go back and engage the way you wish to. Um, So yeah, I I thought, you know, for me, I thought it was a good opportunity for us to see what is China actually doing? Can we dig in and get, you know, an objective view of it? Because depending on, for me, which side of the argument you're standing on, they, they're either seen as a great savior and help, uh, being a nation that's come from extreme poverty to, you know, prosperity now. Mm. Or if you're looking from the Western media, they're seen as being almost, I've heard the words neocolonialism, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, land grabs. Right? Exactly. Yeah, they so, are. And I've seen a few, I've seen a few, um, seen a few, uh, black people say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry to cut you. My, my view is that I think what, what they, what the West ultimately fear is the power China will garner if Agreed. they if Agreed. they are controlling that region or it bolsters Agreed. their finance, etc. What they don't want China to do is become uh, even more powerful than they are. Uh, yeah. You know, between Africa and China, that's you know two point two, two point three, and that's some of the arguments I've seen. Right, so the uh, Chinese uh, economy is supposed to be as large or bigger than America by twenty twenty. Yeah. I think that's still the yeah. uh, projection, mm-hmm. uh, and one could argue with that. Plus, they're maybe mobilizing Africa as well. Yeah. Does that really threaten America's place and Europe's place as being the dominant influences mm. in the world? Yes. I don't know. That's 100%. an argument to have, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, just on the numbers game, it does. You know, uh, you know, you hear about Africa. We've got loads of resources, and I will say we, um, we have a growing young economy. Uh, um, sorry, uh, population. So you have resources. You have the labor force. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of ingredients for prosperity. Yeah. You just need infrastructure and, and proper management. Uh, Africa is the youngest population. Exactly right, and it's growing. You know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, you know, you, for me, I think it goes past just, I hear some people in, in our community say, oh, the Chinese are taking over. The Chinese are taking over. And I think that's very short sighted. How? What are they doing? Yeah. yeah. How can you be a part of it? Are they doing something that you two could do? Because it's not all going to be government investment. Some of it is individuals. Granted with, 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 you know, lots of money, but there might be an industry there popping that you could benefit from. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what I want to explore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I'd like for us to, you know, maybe I think that's what we're going to discuss on this episode. Yeah. yeah. Just cool. So should we go into it? Yeah. yeah. Do we need a disclaimer? Yeah, I think so. Not always. Always. I'll the do. floor is anyone's. Francis. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, as always, um, don't take anything we say as the gospel. Do your own research. Indeed. We're just giving you some food for thought. And yeah, that's that's exactly what we're doing. Thank you very much. Most importantly, <laughs> do not make any decisions just because we've said it. Don't sue us. You always miss that part. I'm and sorry. That's the important part. I'm sorry. Exactly. I have nothing to say. Anyway, continue. No, I was <laughs> going to say, just to the point you just said in Go the ahead. intro on the being careful because of the debt, etc. In in a sense, it's already too late. It's already happened. Yeah. Um. So between 2005 to 2015... China lent African governments 90 billion around that. Mm. It's a large amount of money. It's a large amount of money, but what's even crazy is 
as a whole, every debt that's been, or every loan that's been given to an African government in the whole of Africa, right? China holds almost 15% of that. And that is huge. Mm. So every, the whole of Africa. Sorry. No, I was going to say, but a lot of those loans, um, the interest on those loans and things like that. They, are, that's the one thing they're actually quite fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. super they're low. Really and, low. And the, the length of the loans are pretty long. Yeah, yeah. Understand. One, come on, 15%, that's huge. <coughs> no? I, I think Africa's not a small place, so we've got to put it in context. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm for or against it, but I read some of this stuff and thought, wow. But if we look at the size of the projects they're doing, mm. the number and the number of countries they spread out over, when you break it down like that, it's. I thought the number would be larger. From no, no. It's mm. see, you're not. You're, yeah, I guess fifteen doesn't sound like a big number, but it's fifteen percent of the whole of Africa. That is huge. I don't have the actual number. Mm. There's no official stats as such. That's yeah. another thing. They don't. They don't release official numbers. Yeah. Thing are estimates. I found a couple of reports that have gone to dig and yeah. find. But fifteen percent um, is a huge number. Yeah. To give you an example, in Kenya. Someone mm. mentioned Kenya, right? Yeah. Um, so Italian. China is num- obviously a number one in terms of giving loans to government. Mm. France is number two, right? Mm. The difference is that China has six times, has, has loaned six times what France has loaned. Yeah. That is huge. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> huge. Okay. I just wanted to add that. Yeah. Maybe we'll go into uh, in more detail a bit later. So I was going to, I was looking at uh, land and housing and I couldn't see anything which directly linked Chinese investment into the real estate market in Africa, really. It was more the purchase of uh, commercial land for mm-hmm. factories and such. And the big, th- the biggest thing I was seeing was um, farmland. That seems to be the biggest area of Chinese investment in Africa. So not necessarily buying residential areas or anything like that. That seems to me more a symptom of the new emerging middle class in many African countries wanting um, you know, more modernized homes, yeah, yeah. or even just below that, the working class wanting needing affordable homes. Yeah. So you're seeing things like apartments going up in many places in Africa yeah. now, which yeah. is very new. Yeah. Everyone yeah. had maybe bungalows or maybe two stories, and it's quite similar in Jamaica. Yeah. You know, in certain parts, yeah. generally when people, when I grew, grew up with growing up, people built single floory story yeah. flat homes and maybe put a second story on a few years down the line. Mm. Da da No one really built apartments. There weren't yeah. massive apartment blocks like you have here. That's starting to come just because it's easier. Uh, until you need less space, yeah. you, it, you, it's more cost efficient. A lot of them are prefabbed, um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, the, most of the investments seem to be in in agri- agricultural land, and you know most of the articles I was seeing was, was once again depending on which side of the argument mm. you're on. Some were saying that you know the Chinese are effectively colonizing Africa, um, buying large pieces of land, uh, shipping over Chinese farmers, so to essentially grow crops to feed the Chinese. So the Chinese have a, a massive, massive population yeah. and they're running out of farmland themselves yeah. to feed said population. Yeah. Uh, and some of the criticisms of their investment is that they're going into into Africa to buy land to yeah. feed their own population. It's almost a commodity swap. Exactly. Go ahead. Can I just add what to what you said? No, please go ahead. To be precise, it's a 230k. 230k? Th- yeah, 1,000 of Chinese people in Africa. Okay, really? Mm. Working there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting point, right? So some of the other, uh, arguments I've seen that most of those people that work coming over to work, they, they're generally, so they'll be like, I don't know, exec level type people. So like project managers, all that kind of stuff. Most of the people working in, in these factories are still locals, but the jobs they're doing are generally the more lower level mm-hmm. roles. And, uh, and, and the criticism is that they're not being paid uh, a fair wage. I saw something slightly different infrastructure, but I can't mm. Yeah. Um, so there are loads over there. 
And I think maybe, you know, generally from my experiences, they're moving into homes and renting them, not necessarily buying homes mm. in these African nations. Yeah, I don't think they care about living. Yeah, there they're, they're there to make money. Extract, to yeah. extract value. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of what is seen is that um, there was a quote about they basically live in their own world. So, yes. So a lot of the Chinese workers or involved in these companies, when they're in Africa, they literally confine themselves in their own, their own community, in yeah. their own world. And and uh, someone wrote an article, and it sounds like something trivial, but it's true. She's like, I've not seen one Chinese Nigerian wedding. Like, so mm. it, it sounds mm. really simple, but if you're integrating society, those are the small things you start to see. Yeah, and that's yeah. yeah so listen to the China and Africa podcast mm. that comes up the, a lot. Yeah, uh, and I think that comes from the Chinese sense of you know purpose or community. Mm. They're they're very insulated mm. uh, as as a nation. Um, so that's been a criticism. Yeah, they do insulate themselves oh. with, they don't mix within local con- no, culture. But well, it wasn't natural immigration though, was it? They don't live there for, for a long for time. The, right? Exactly. Yeah. So maybe four or five years and then they go back. I don't know if that's that much of a problem. No, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, think it's. You know, if they're coming to put it for me, it's, this is, this is business, right? So if they're coming with investment and they're bringing skills to the country, I don't necessarily need for them to integrate with us as long as we understand that's what it is and we understand what we're getting from them. Yeah. It's the skills you know I mean? that I struggle with though. Mm. It's the skills bit. So, are, are is the nation being upskilled? Mm. Are, are they leaving a legacy of, of maintenance mm. uh, and being able to to do uh, these things themselves? You know, when a lot of their their workers are coming over and working with the locals, is there a transfer of skills mm. at all levels? Yeah, right? would, I'd argument is that for possibly the government to ensure that happens. So I'm not saying that's necessarily a Chinese problem, mm. but it's a problem that needs to be happening. I, I, I think it's. I think it's more on the local government to make sure that it's not just of financial benefit. Yeah, 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 that, yeah that's yeah, my yeah. big thing. I, I think there is some skills transfer, but it's it's very minimal. Yeah, mm, especially because of what you just said, it's the lower level workers, yeah. you know, the the manual labour. It's those workers. They mm. might learn how to operate some kind of special truck or some <clears throat> construction tool, whatever. Yeah, they're teaching them stuff like that. But in terms of high level innovative thinking, driving technology, no. So do, do you think there's any way the government could dictate that that needs to happen? That there needs to be some to sort of... Because for me, that that's the only happen. way it becomes long-term. So, so, so you're saying? I don't yeah. think the government care for that to happen. I think it's... I don't. It's also difficult for them, right? Because just imagine, like, I don't know, say Ghana, right? It's only about 15 years ago or something that we found oil, right? Mm. We mm. found the oil. No one knows what to do. Yep. We have no companies, no... Te- we don't have the technology. The, no one knows what to do. So what do you do? You have to look at the Europeans and say, "Can you guys come in to extract the That's oil?" So sad. Mm. It's, it's a- really agreed, sad. agreed. So but sad. I think for me, and I'm, maybe I'm looking at this rotating glasses. It's come and show, extract the oil, but show me how to do it also. But this is it. No, they're, well, no, they're not going the to. They're going to take coming. over. They, they don't but, care. But they're but coming the, to get the oil. Oil, yeah. Well, well the, it's for money. So how have the, the Irish done it? In those in those com- in those countries is one of the problems with African economies. We're going to digress a bit here, but the imbalance in the economy, right? So what you will have is a lot of highly educated, business-educated individuals, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, a lot of these guys in this in African society, especially West Africa, at the higher higher end, they go to all the best schools in the world. They go to all the best business schools. They have high-end jobs, etc. Mm-hmm. Where we have an issue is sort of the lower-skilled jobs, etc. There's not a lot of those and they're not entirely respected. So you do have people who have built large industries, Dan Goten and mm-hmm. people like that. There are companies um, African-owned companies who are number one and number two in the country in the market in terms of oil, gas, all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I don't think there's an issue there because that's how those, those deals are getting done. The issue is at the lower end of the jobs, 
like Spanish said, there's not much skills transfer. So the guy who has to run the training station, the guy who has to, the, the, the skills that needed to keep that infrastructure network going, mm. that's where I think it's lacking. And that's where we need to extract value as Africans from the Chinese investment. Mm. You know your example, right? It's, it's a new thing. Like, say like Dangote building oil refinery, etc. It's a fairly new thing. It's a new thing, but he 20, had to build a company over 20 years to get to the point where he could he could do that. Yes, but if you if you go back, say, 20 years, even now, as far as I'm concerned, that there are no oil refineries in Nigeria. No, there aren't, there aren't any. And no, it's really aren't. sad, but it's still not there. So, no, no. In, in essence, you're relying on the Westerners to come in with their technology. Right? Yeah. And, you, and yeah. them, one of the, their, what do you call it, their requirements in order to come in is that the deal you're getting is, is just shit. Mm. That's just how it goes. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's not a deal in your favour. No, I'm taking. I'm, I'm spending all the money. I'm bringing all the expertise. Mm. I'm bringing all the equipment. So and I think the, the, they're the, quite. They don't have a lot of negotiation power. Mm, although they're the ones with the resource buyer. But I think with China, it's slight is slightly different. It is slightly different mm. with, with China. I think. And uh, that's, but, and that's been an interesting point uh, that often comes up in debates and stuff I've mm. watched. Um, is that you? You have to pay, pay attention to the difference. In culture between the West and Europe and yeah. China, yeah, 100%. you know, not saying that they're angels, but maybe it will be different. Who knows? Okay. But you know, you know the, the Chinese culture is actually worse. Mm, I've on, heard that they're the seen as quite racist. I, I tell you why: the US would do something. Okay, there's a, this country, whatever that need, they, they're helping or something, right? Say that the, the government's a dictatorship. They will make it very public. Oh no, we don't. This government did this against human rights. Blah blah blah. The US will be very public about it behind closed doors. Some US company is doing some oil contract behind yeah, closed doors, they're right? selling them arms. Or, exactly. Yeah. But on the surface, they'll say, no, we condemn the actions of <laughs> blah, blah, blah's government. The Chinese, on the other hand, they will not say one word. They don't care mm. what the government's doing. They'll kind of say, look, we not don't care your politics. Yeah. Do whatever you're doing. We care about your oil. We care about your gold mm-hmm. or your iron. They'll just be quiet, extract yeah. the resources and duck out. Mm. Yeah. Is that better? No. I don't know. I, mm, I, I think there's less hypocrisy in that in that mode of working. I think there's less hypocrisy in that mode of working. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. And so, that's so yeah. no and, and that's and that's to your point, Russell, I think it's not better or worse, but there's there's definitely less hypocrisy. We're not here to comment on Mr. African dictators, etc. There's something there. I can benefit you with X amount of money or expertise or infrastructure. I'm going to leave behind. I need gold, oil, crops, whatever. Mm. Let's just do that. I'm not like America. I'm not here to tell you how to behave. That's the, the big thing about America mm-hmm. thinking that everyone's big brother. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, so with Africa not negotiating properly, do you think that they should be and they just don't have the knowledge or do they, is that something they have to sacrifice because they're bringing outsiders in to help them? I don't think they're not negotiating properly. I, I think if you look at the sort of deals that the loans France talk mm-hmm. about, interest rate, etc., I mean, I'm not an expert, but on the face of it, they're not the worst. And we're not going back to the no, days of the Paris good. Club, They're very fed. Yeah. yeah. With the yeah. loans, yes. Yes, yes. But, but, but also, but don't forget, yes, you're getting these cheap loans, mm. but you're building debt over time, right? Right. Is that a good thing? Well, so, so that's why I talked about the skills and what they leave that's behind. What I'm, talking about. I'm talking about not about the money. I'm talking about what they're leaving behind. Oh, right. okay. Like, yeah. 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 Because uh, you're saying that because they're bringing in outsiders and they don't have the knowledge, they kind of have to just leave them to it but should they be negotiating more i think they should but yeah. then it's, it's about who, who has the more negotiating power that's what right? i was going to say so it's, so it's I, a I lack think, of knowledge i don't think we do and, and also yeah. the reason why i brought up the skills thing is because you then need to run so you know if it's a train line or an airport whatever you need to run that business profitably mm. to not only service your debt but also as as i said for it to mean something and actually be mm. 
be productive for, for, for your country and the local area. Yeah. So if, if you're if you're not doing that and the trains are running late and the service is not being used, etc., it's a thirty year loan. Mm. Interest rate might be great, but interest rate is, is is irrelevant if you can't make the payments. Yeah. yeah. And that's the key for me. Yeah. yeah for sure. Once once uh things are gone, etc., do are we able to run these projects in a profitable way to service the debt and then build profits to reinvest ourselves, etc. Over time, 50, 800 years, no, we need less and less and less. Here. Yeah. Knowledge is key. We, we really need to learn how to mm-hmm. be independent Yeah, uh, once just... they disengage because it will happen. From, it could happen for any reason. And an underlying point as well is there's a, there's a current I see everywhere about Chinese uh, goods and services not being of the best quality as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Right? So not only is some would say it's not the best quality, um, uh, then you're not running it properly. So actually in 20 years, have you got a shoddy product that you can't make money from? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> no, no. And you've got, a, you know, you've got Agreed. a $500 million loan behind it that you're Agreed. paying off. Agreed. But you know, with like, um, what we're saying with the, uh, the government not having high negotiation power, etc. I think one of the good things about China is that A, because they have so much money, um, anything they actually want, they will just build it. So if they're building some kind of, I don't know, some a mining field or whatever somewhere, if they're building that's in the middle of nowhere, they're also building a road or train tracks which will lead to the port. Mm. So that's improving your infrastructure, right? Yeah. Mm. And once they're gone, that's still going to be there. So I guess that is one of those, you know, you could say, okay, at least they're building things. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think what I just take from John's point is, is it going to be, you know, will it survive the test of time? Um, are we going to be able to use it? it? Are we yeah. going to be make money from it? Are we going to be able to drive future growth for from some, it? For some time, yes. But mm. and let's e- remember, everything is maintenance at some point. Yeah. Let's remember, China are learning as well. They're growing. Yeah. They've been growing for a long time. You know, this, this, this. Uh, I think investing abroad in this sort of way, sort of this sort of scale, is is newish to them. And yeah. for a long time, China was a poor country. Yeah. Right? So they're, they're they're learning as well. Mm. But but yeah, to talk about sort of the infrastructure and the timeline of this China and Africa. So what I found out that the first major Chinese investment in Africa was in the 60s, mm. which I found really, really uh, surprising. And it was a railway line stretching from Zambia to Tanzania. Um, but the key, very key difference is that line, that railway line was paid for by Chinese aid money. Whereas a lot of what is being done today is, is private loans yeah. from Chinese companies, mm-hmm. state-owned private companies, yeah, etc. Yeah. But... Um, and 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 it was a significant investment because China, as I said, you know, they weren't a big rich country at that point. The economy hadn't grown to that to that level. Um, so, so yeah, that's the earliest. I mean, the current state of that train line is not great. Mm. It's not very people use it. I saw a stat that some trains run eight hours late. Oh my god! You know, so they're they're looking to you know, but once again, was there enough experience between the Chinese and Africans at that point? To do the proper skills transfer, yeah. to do the proper handover, you know, at that point, the Chinese even had to run railways properly themselves. Who knows, right? Mm. Um, and actually, that's one of the projects they're thinking about extending and refreshing. Gotcha. So today, now, once a bit like Africa, you know, the Chinese uh, population has got more wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, more people going through higher education, etc., etc., etc. But you know, as nine years ago, China overtook America's Africa's largest trading partner. Yeah. So you know, nine, ten years ago, it's been going on for a while. It's become to that recently, but. You know, and that's, that's, a, as Francis said earlier, that's a significant, uh, statistic, you know, for them to be Africa's largest trading partner. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and to talk about the neocolonialism. So that number you mentioned earlier, Francis, about, um, the $90 billion. Um, 
there's a there's a institute called the China Africa Research, and they they yeah, really look yeah. into this from a sort of a qualitative point of view and quantitative point of view. And they said, well, look, on the face of it, that might look crazy, but forty percent of of that money that was lent to them went on power initiative. We know constant supply of power is an issue across most mm. of Africa, um, and thirty percent of it went on transport. So once again, I think the governments are using this money in the right areas, but then how? You're doing it is, is, is very, is very important. Um, and then in 2014, 56 billion pounds worth of construction projects were signed off across Africa. So they haven't started yet, but they're, they're in the pipeline. So if you talk about some specific projects, uh, there's a $10 billion mega port being built in Northern Tanzania. It's going to be one of the biggest ports, uh, in, in Africa. And they're literally going to rebuild a whole city. So there's going to be housing for 75,000 people. This is the sort of projects that China are doing there. It's going to be 10 years, so 2028. So that's a massive project. They're going to have to effectively get rid of a few villages, rebuild it, rehouse those people. So they've already paid those people conversation. They're saying that those people are the ones that are going to be working with the Chinese uh, workers to build the port mm. and run it after. So they're saying, look, we're not getting rid of your village to move you. We're getting rid of your village to build this, this yeah. new thing that everyone's going to benefit from, right? Um, there's a, last year, there was a 290 mile railway in Kenya, uh, from Nairobi to Mombasa. And that was Kenya's largest infrastructure project since independence. Um, and there are plans to extend that to South Sudan, Uganda, Rwanda, and Burundi. And I think the one thing I took from a lot of this is you got to look at some of the scale of these things. So some of these railway lines, they're 500 miles long. Mm. You know, that Africa is a vast place. We do some of these infrastructure mm. projects. That first one I talked about in 1960 is over 300 bridges on that mm. train line. Wow. You know, so this, this is not small fry. Mm. When they were doing train lines, things like HS2 and that here, we're talking, you know, 100 miles, 200 miles, etc. Yeah, uh, you know, um, and then uh, in 2018, uh, a 466 mile electric railway opened in Ethiopia to the cost of 2.5 billion dollars in January. Unfortunately, common thread for all of this is about things not working as well as they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, services being late, um, uh, the quality of, of of the build not being quite what we would maybe get in the West, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some articles I've read, I said, well, you've got to start somewhere. My argument is with things as big as important as this, that doesn't wash, yeah. I would say. It needs to be of the right standard. But as you say, who's saying it's not quality? Mm. Who's yeah. actually saying it's not of the right quality? Yep, 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 yep. We'll see. And then so the long-term impact, you know, our local government's been equipped with the skills and the knowledge to maintain and build further projects themselves. So, you know, these projects are unprofitable. They can't service their debts and they're not generating income to uh, finance further projects off their own back or take on less borrowing uh, especially from the Chinese maybe they can borrow through the normal routes like we do in the West maybe through the investment banks etc but you have to get to a certain level before you can do that mm-hmm. and build your own credit rate also for, for African nations the cost is, is too it's high nonsense. Yeah. to borrow for the bank yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy but if these projects don't start being profitable and, and moving the, the economy along We'll never get to a credit rating that brings that interest rate down from the traditional roots of borrowing. And there's always been an opportunity for China mm-hmm. or whoever the next emerging market superpower. But you know, we might see India rocking up with with, with a, yeah. a tank full of money soon. Yeah. You know? Um. Uh. And yeah, it's not just government money as well. So McKinsey did a study, um, and they said there are ten thousand Chinese-owned firms operating across Africa. So a lot of it has been about big government Chinese government backed. Actually, no, lots of Chinese people are just going over yeah, there, yeah, yeah, setting yeah. up businesses. Um, and then, you know, Nigeria's a an example. There's a couple of families who, uh, one family is effectively the number one steelmakers in Nigeria. 
um, another family, you know, things, everyday things like flip flops, etc., came in, made them at scale, made them really cheap. So market and and sort of importers could make, you know, they're making dollar flip flops. So they're saying, yeah, it's good to look at these big infrastructure projects, but actually at the lower level, yeah. you know, 10,000 firms, not people. Yeah, so yeah, 10,000 yeah. companies, Chinese-owned companies in Jamaica are operating across Africa. Africa. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that statistic is McKinsey went out and, and basically did research and interview people. The official Chinese numbers say there's only 2,500 <laughs> Chinese operating companies in Africa. So they found actually it's four times the number that the Chinese government yeah, so actually... 10, yeah, yeah. So, so they said there's a big discrepancy between what they're reporting, yeah, um, and, and what scary. the reality is. You know, you have to wonder why are they not reporting it. Mm. Well, no, well this is it, right? and then that goes back to the China Africa. I listened to one of the episodes, and she said uh, they were talking about the the cultural mix that we were talking about earlier, um, and they just said, you know, it's very simple everyday things. You know, the the, the languages could have been more different, mm. and it's bad enough sort of Chinese to English, but you got Chinese to sort of English to local dialects. To their local languages, mm. you know, across the continent, there's a massive educational piece that probably needs to be done specific to where you're going to work, where the Chinese are going to integrate, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I think on the infrastructure side for me, um, as I said earlier, the loans don't seem particularly, uh, crazy, but if the governments, the local governments are not doing enough to ensure that the infrastructure projects are going to be profitable Agreed, 100%. Uh, uh, and, and maintainable and give themselves a return over the long term. They're going to have issues with servicing their debt yeah. and in future financing their own uh, infrastructure initiatives. Mm. So it's interesting. No, um, yeah, valid. Um, definitely be a worry for me. I don't know. What's your guys' views? I just sometimes feel like why can't we do stuff ourselves? That's you know what I was going to say. I just, I sometimes I always feel like that and I just feel like when these deals are being negotiated, mm. Is anyone thinking about the long term or is it the fact that we're getting an influx of cash now? And it just seems like, because this stuff has been going on for yeah, too long. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's well, just, you know what I mean? It needs to stop. Like, well, I think we've we had the Europeans, but and now we're having the Chinese. Mm. Mm. I, so, I think we need to remember, most of the countries have had independence for what? 65 Not years done. or less? Yeah. yeah. Less time than most of our grandparents have been alive, right? Yeah. yeah. The, you know, and we're talking about, the countries we're talking about dealing with Africa have been building infrastructure projects and doing their thing for hundreds of years. Yeah. Whilst we were under colonial rule, slavery, etc., so these are not things that are going to happen overnight. And I, and a very simplistic point of view from me, in that short time, I think a lot of progress has been made. Mm. So even countries like Nigeria paying off their Paris Club debt and things like that, mm. in a relatively short time, sixty to seventy years, a lot of uh, progress has behaved and yeah. has been made. And unfortunately, some behavioural stuff. It's not going to change yeah. overnight. It's yeah. a generational thing. I just hope that somebody is. I hope the government are thinking deeper than it seems then yeah. Yeah. well you see more and more African people going back home and yeah. startups yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff for me if they create the environment and infrastructure for the diaspora to go back and engage then that's a benefit in itself Definitely. right because that's maybe where the skills and knowledge exactly, come from yeah. from those of us that have been educated in the West um, so yeah I think I've looked at it favorably simply because of what they're building. As you said earlier, John, it's in the places that we need transport, uh, electricity, you know, the things that you, the basics, basics you need for society to function, mm. never mind flourish. Yeah. Um, so that's what interests me. And it doesn't feel like America and Europe have done that prior, yeah. you know, yeah. so even though, yes, they're saddling us with loads of debt, which might not be any better than, you know, what America had to offer where it's being spent mm. seems to be better. Yeah. And let's be clear, of it. anyway, you build this kind of infrastructure projects. Debt is involved. Yeah, of course. You know, it's not yeah. like if you went African country, you'd be able to just 
sell out you know, 10 billion on the train yeah. line. No, that's yeah. involved when you're bringing well, America, any kind of um, uh, Chinese own a lot of American debt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So debt is involved. It's a matter of, like we said, uh, what type of debt has been issued and how you're able to service that debt. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. I had to look at social life, like in regards to restaurants, nightlife, etc. Of Chinese investing in Africa, and I've done so much searches, and there isn't any. Really? Yeah. Um, and I think that's me personally. I think it's due to cultural tradition, language barrier, and I don't think they really care about that right yeah. now because all they care about is the infrastructure. Mm. Um, so I looked that there's only three countries in Africa that have like a Chinatown, and that's only Mauritius, Madagascar, and South Africa. Okay. Mm. Um. Kenya, Kenya has the most Chinese restaurants, has about 33. What I found, though, is that... Why do we love Chinese food like this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we love Chinese food. So, like. but in it's... Kenya, one of the restaurants, they had a notice that said, no Africans after 5pm. Wow. Really? Imagine. What? No nah. Africans after 5pm, and that's because they didn't know who's who and they thought they was part of a gang. A terrorist gang, but I'm thinking that. Like, come on, no, come on. Read between the lines. Like, no. how dare you have a restaurant no, in Africa and say no Africans no, after five p.m. But then that goes back to what Jerome said earlier in regards to individuals actually going over there and seeing what they can make better and see what they can actually do for yeah. their actual countries because yeah. we can actually make a difference in that yeah, in in that sense in regards to socialize. So if you think Chinese are taking over. Go over there and see what's lacking. See what yeah, we have here we that can they can do. benefit from yeah. over there. Yeah. So yeah. we can actually make a difference yeah. in regards to um, like small small businesses. So yeah. there isn't a really a social life for Chinese over there. Yeah. And if you don't like it, go and fix it because mm. we can do it. And that's interesting. You know, so, that's, so there's a gap there, right? So maybe the yeah. infrastructure they've put down allows us to now build a social scene. Yeah. yeah. Allows us to put, you know, okay, say you could build enough, get enough money to build hotels and things for the diaspora to come back and enjoy. Like you know? there's that thing called Afrochella. Yeah, all that now. kind of things yeah. that made people can get to your festivals now yeah. if you do throw one there or whatever. So I don't know. I think for me, it's just having, not being so negative, which is something I've seen with definitely in, from a Caribbean standpoint of it's too late or da 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 da. I, no. I, I, just, I, I just don't think that that mentality will get us anywhere. No. You know? And as someone that's been to Jamaica recently and benefited from, that toll road, yeah, to cross the island, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think, Jay, most people's thing is why, oh, very simplistically, somebody else is pouring a lot of money into these countries. It must be it? a bad thing, yeah. yeah. But if you look at it, um, it's only a bad thing if history repeats itself exactly. and a lot of these projects don't benefit the locals, the local economy, etc. Because they're, they're, it's a much better terms than what we had before. Mm. Some of those um, old uh, third world debts, IMF, World Bank, etc., Paris Club, were just unreal. Mm. Absolutely unreal. So, yeah, that was me. Cool. So, but in terms of the social life, so maybe you can extend that a little bit. I know you've got your big Francis. But, you know, I hear things like, is it Victoria Island in Nigeria? Yeah. yeah. Are these places developing like because i've not been massively, out there massively. yeah they've like, even got strip clubs that, now over there as well huh? they've got strip clubs in nigeria now yeah they've oh. had them for time yeah, yeah they've had them for time <laughs> yeah them for no time. i feel like the african nightlife is really really yeah, yeah and i think ghana as well i think it's yeah. next next level and what you're finding now mm. what you're finding is now is young people so you know you'll go to a beach club or a roof or you know or a pool club or whatever and it will be a youngish nigerian or Ghanaian that owns it yeah. right yeah. And, and that's what i keep saying to people like there's a lot of wealth there and the we difference is so now, 
a lot of those guys they're using their wealth in the social scene now you know they're buying nightclubs and doing yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot younger as opposed to it being an older guy who's open I don't know a uh, table tennis club or, or, or something a gentleman like that. club yeah, yeah a gentleman club etc so so yeah I, um, I hate to say it it's cliche but the picture that's paid if you go out there it's a totally different thing yeah. I think we just need to take more chips yeah definitely yeah, it needs to be cheaper to do so. Yeah. <laughs> well, once again, look at the airlines you got to take to get there, right? Yeah, exactly. So Taking advantage. Francis, over to you, sir. Um, What's funny? <laughs> well, no, no, I just the airlines. About, yeah, the yeah. airlines. <laughs> there aren't, actually, what? There aren't any famous African airlines. No, Nigeria is the last one. And trust me, I travelled on that. Boy. I remember Ghana Airways. Really? No, that, I flew on Jamaica. They died long <laughs> twice. I know, I know, yeah. but I don't remember that. Air Jamaica yeah. would not We've got Air Africa and all that now, isn't it? I saw Air Jamaica the other day. I was so I vexed that I never got to, um, really? to go in there. I don't think you missed that much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, they gave me some rock hard planting and some dead rice and peas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was planting. You should ask for planting. No, no. We no, don't no. make that in my part of the world. <laughs> Do you pronounce mountain, mountain? Exactly. No. Okay. Even taste Felicia, different. you're one of us. It. I'm half and half saying Look, Once you're Jamaican, you're all the way Jamaican. It's fine, isn't it? That's right. To the world, as we say. To Brian, the world. maintain. Francis, save us, please. <laughs> yes, so Francis, come and tell us about <laughs> I just have a, the macro environment of Yeah. No, 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 I just have it. The, the thing about all the, it's, there's not enough time to go into detail, really, yeah. truly. So we just have to keep high level, right? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, if any points are interesting, we can cover them in detail later, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just give like a, like an overview. So, um, yeah, we've touched up on different things, but um, from a very high level, the reason for China actually being in Africa is very simple, right? So at some point, they China as a country decided to, you know, open themselves up to the West and build their their economies differently. You know, is it Mao? He started Mao. German you know? Mao. So um, yeah, I mean, they realized at some point. Obviously, they started with labor. They had a lot of people there. For okay, one thing we can do is just use our labor. So at one point on that, what I found interesting, they're now actually starting to outsource some of their labor work to exactly. Africa. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now they're, they're, they're thinking, okay, now we need more services. Mm. But back then it was all labor, labor, labor. And then they realized, okay, actually we're doing really good at this, but we need raw materials. Mm. Uh, who has raw materials? Africa. Africa. So then when they got to a stage where the demand for raw materials had risen, had risen so much, Africa was like a natural place to look. So that's when all these, the influx of cash into Africa uh, invest, investments in Africa really, really began. Also, sorry, something I saw as well was that they almost want a network across yeah, the world. The, the, the yeah, one, the, uh, yeah. Like one belt, one road. Yeah, one belt, yeah. one road. That's why they're building ports. They've got a, a, an army base now. I can't remember which African country it is. So they've got their first overseas army base, much like America having Germany and England having Cyprus, etc., and all these different places. So they've got a, an army base in Africa now. So they're trying to build almost a Chinese uh, silk road. Djibouti. Djibouti, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you, yeah, so um, you know, the agenda for Africa was, was very clear and has been very clear. Yeah, um, extract raw materials, resources to the maximum. Mm-hmm. Um, build infrastructure to support the extraction of the raw mm-hmm. materials. Mm-hmm. So if we need to build a road so our, our trucks can travel on it, let's do that. Um, if we need train tracks so all the resources can get to the port quicker, let's do that. So that's what they're doing. We need a port to ship the goods back. Let's build yeah. a port. <laughs> so it's, it's very clear. You know, the one thing you have to give them is they've been very clear as to what their intent is. You know, they haven't deceived anyone. No. Uh, it's been very clear. Um, but then on the flip side, well, what's, what's been good is that, yeah, you know, some of the investments are going to last, I don't know for how long, but they are. 
building the roads. Roads tend to last. It's a good thing. This this uh, project you mentioned, the um, uh, in, in Addis Addis Ababa, yeah. the, uh, the was it the train, railway. the light light rail, yeah, light yeah. railway, yeah, light railway. Yeah. For instance, that two two point five billion. Mm. Ethiopia never would have done now on their own. No way. Right? No. So that's and, and, to, and for them to borrow in the conventional way, as you said earlier, from investment banks, it would have been, been yeah, it would have been crazy. So that, that's that's a good thing. Um, on the cultural front, I think there's a lack of knowledge of Chinese people in Africa. Yes, I don't think a lot of them actually understand what the Chinese are doing there. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't. I agree. I think it's same in Jamaica as well. Yeah. yeah, they don't. So that's that's I think that's I think some. Jamaica's a bit too late though. Mm. Yeah. That's somewhere the nations or the governments kind of have to put something in place to just educate the people. But then that's easy said, easier said than done, right? Because they can't even educate the people in basic things. So mm. I don't know. Maybe we'll ask people. Maybe they need to listen to our podcast more regularly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they me. do. I'm just saying, Ghana was like I think like tenth yeah. in our list of countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, to my point earlier, oh, really? yeah. they're our highest African nation. What? In terms of our listeners, in t- by country, oh, Ghana. I think they were like 10 percent. Okay. Yeah, um, what I was saying earlier of the that they owed close to 15% of all of the debt in Africa, which is a, you know, you were saying you don't think that's really big, but if you compare it to how much um, FDI, so foreign direct investment, right? So if you compare it to, say, the kind of money they've put into Africa in form of, say, setting up a factory mm. or physical yeah. investment, it's close to. F- they, they, Globally, it's close to 5%. So you've given us 15% of, of our... No, 15% of the, the continent's loan is owned by you. Yeah. But only 5% of the FDI is owned by you. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you're happy to lend, but you're not happy to actually invest directly into the country. Got you. So that, that's, a huge, that's a huge difference, 15 mm. and 5. Right? Um, Do you think that's an issue, the fact? Do you well, think that yeah, says something in because, terms of their view of Africa? Yeah, 100%. Because... If if FDI foreign direct investment, it, you if, if I went to Kenya now and you know build a factory for fifty million or something, I actually believe there's some kind of future in Kenya. I believe yeah. my factory is going to do well over the next X amount of yeah. years. So I'm happy to put money into some physical asset. Yeah, giving you debt that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're paying interest on it. So uh, yeah, uh, that <laughs> leads into John's point in terms of yeah, is even, this infrastructure yeah. they're building just to help them even if it's low interest. Yeah, so, you know, for, I mean, the question we have to ask is, is, is China adding value to these countries' economies? Are they growing? Are they increasing the well-being of the people in these countries? This is the thing. Mm. Uh, the, the answer is yes, in some respects. No, in, in a lot of other respects. Yeah, many others. Mm. So, I guess it's like... But is it down to them to do so? It, I, I, I think it's... I, I, I genuinely, genuinely believe it's down to the the, the government that's receiving... Uh, they don't to to negotiate the the right type mm. of deal, man. Yeah, that's, that's I genuinely agreed because they're the ones in power, right? Yeah. yeah. But then we have the issue of corruption. We have the exactly. issue of people just think yeah. of their own interests, etc. Yeah, it's uh, also it's a complex issue. Um, Massively, you know, it's, it's so complex culturally, politically, and economically as well. But yeah, anyway. so we're gonna go on to discuss similar, but for the Caribbean. At a later date, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if you had any particular points around the Caribbean now. You mentioned I, I didn't know. No. I, <coughs> all my research is around Africa. So I yeah. think we can do it because it will be different. Yeah. 
Um, so I did a bit of reading. For longer? So there's always been a Chinese uh, kind of population in yeah. Jamaica. There always has always, been. Yeah. There always. Um, and that's one a point one of my friends often makes to me when, you know, when he says, here's people saying, oh, the Chinese are taking over. He says they've always been there. You know, they see yeah, they're everywhere. That's, you know, quite bluntly, they say they're everywhere. They and I try and get more details. What are they doing? Da, 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 da. Is it something you can also replicate mm. and, and, and leverage the fact that you're Jamaican maybe mm. to, I, I don't know, they may be able to undercut. So it's it's the Chinese. Oh, uh, they'll be, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure, for oh, okay. sure, for oh, sure. Yeah, they'll be longer than that, probably like yeah. third or fourth generation. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've been there some So they're effectively Jamaican. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have Jamaican Chinese. Yeah, and yeah, and Indians as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, when Jamaica at the airport, the lady that checked my passport yeah. was Chinese. Yeah. So there was, um, you know, the whole sound system culture. Yeah, yeah. There was oh. a sound system back in the day called Black Chinese. Yeah. And they and were they very were popular. They were very, they were, yeah, they were. Hey guys, um, you probably noticed that the audio came to an abrupt ending. Really sorry about that. We had an audio issue towards the very end of the recording. But we were just saying that we are going to be doing another episode on this, but it will be based on China in the Caribbean. So if you've got any questions or any information on that, please feel free to contact us. As usual, we can be contacted on email, which is info at makingsensepodcast.com. And then on Twitter and Instagram, you can send us a DM or at us. It's makingsensepc. Um, please continue to listen. Thank you for the love. Please comment, rate, subscribe, share and contact us with any um, episode ideas or anything you want us to talk about or any general questions and we will cover them in a question time. Thank you very much.